0: If you like what you hear on this episode, you're going to want to come check out my new podcast called the unfuck your brain podcast. What you're listening to right now, the lawyer stress solution has ceased production of new episodes, but unfuck your brain is rocking and rolling. Every week I release a new episode of the unfuck your brain podcast, teaching you the same great tools for taming your brain, but with even more applications to other areas of your life. You can search for it by name, Remember, there's an asterisk instead of the U in unfuck, because we like to be polite, or just click the link to it in the podcast description for this show. I'll see you over there. You're listening to The Lawyer Stress Solution, the only podcast that teaches you cognitive science-based techniques specifically created for lawyers. Learn how to manage your lawyer brain and conquer the stress, anxiety, and overwhelm of lawyer life. Here's your host, former lawyer and certified master coach, Cara Lowenthal. So my darling lawyers, today we are going to do something a little bit different. This is part one of a special four-part series I'm doing this month about how lawyer brain impacts the four major areas of your life your work, which we talk about a lot, but we're going to talk about in a different way this month, your love and relationships, your family and friends, and your relationship with your body and yourself. I'm going to be focusing particularly on how lawyer brain combines with social programming and conditioning. And when I say that, what I mean is largely the kind of messages we get from society, particularly a male-dominated society. And then I'm also sometimes going to be talking about the messages you get from your family or friends or your teachers. You know, we've talked a lot about how the brain gets programmed by a whole host of different people, right? Your parents, your teachers, your friends, your siblings, what you read, what you watch, what you absorb on the subway, right? Like all of that stuff goes into your brain and creates your thoughts without you even knowing sometimes. And so when I say social programming and conditioning, I mean – the ideas that you absorb through society and sometimes they come through your parents and sometimes they come through reading fairy tales and sometimes they come through the media, right? All the different ways that we get inculcated in our social meanings, right? Like every society has its ideas and its ideologies and its values and its priorities and all of those get communicated to us in one way or another, So we're going to be talking about how Lawyer Brain combines with all of that programming and conditioning to create a lot of stress and anxiety and insecurity in each of these areas that I talked about, work, love, family and friends, and your relationship with your body and yourself. And I'm going to be talking about what you can do to overcome those messages so that you can create what you want in every area of your life. You know, we've talked in the last several months of the podcast about basically how to alleviate suffering, right? That's always the first step. When I work with somebody one-on-one or when I work with a group, the first thing I'm teaching you is how to feel better, right? How to reduce suffering. But the truth is that learning to manage your thoughts is not just about alleviating suffering. It's also about creating what you want in life, right? If you can change your thinking, you can create what you want. We know that our negative thoughts create our negative results, right? Like our negative thoughts create procrastination or avoidance. The same is true that if positive thinking can produce positive results, right? And I don't mean positive thinking like affirmations. I mean, if you want to go get something, (laughs) if you want to make sure you hit your hours to get a bonus, or you want a lateral to a job you think is better, or you want to find a partner, or you want to be a good parent, or whatever it is you want to create affirmatively in your life, you can use thought work to do that because your thoughts produce your feelings, and your feelings produce your actions. So if you want to take new actions and get new results, what you have to change is your thoughts. So that's what we're going to be focusing on. How do you overcome the social conditioning and programming that's holding you back through your thoughts? And how do you create what you want in your life, using the power of your thoughts when you do it creatively and proactively? So in the first installment, we're going to talk about your body. So we're going to talk about healthy habits and why they're so difficult to keep up in a high-stress work environment. So before we get started, I want to explain what I mean by quote-unquote healthy habits. I do not mean eating only kale and running marathons. The food you put in your body and how you move your body can certainly impact your health, but so can stress and anxiety and how much you sleep and how much water you drink, and what medication you take, and your genetics, and your environment, and how you were raised as a child, and your social connections, and a host of other factors. American society tends to really reduce health to what do you put in your mouth, and how do you move your body? There's a lot of studies showing that there are many other complicated factors, and health in general is not accessible to everyone in the same way. There are people all around you eating kale and running marathons who are consumed with self-loathing. And I know that this is not how you usually think about it, but that's not necessarily any healthier than eating Cheetos, going for a walk, and feeling great about yourself, right? Your thinking does impact your body. Self-loathing produces anxiety and stress and depression, right? It produces cortisol and adrenaline and other hormones that have physical negative impacts on your body. So it's not just mental. So while I might shorthand to eating and exercise in this course of this podcast, that's never all I'm talking about. And you'll probably hear me use the word movement if I do want to talk about it instead of exercise because I think so many women especially have a lot of mental drama around the word exercise. And like it tends to be, to be kind of morally loaded, like it's you're a good person if you exercise. And then there's some people have... A lot of conflict around the word exercise. It's kind of a self-punishing thing. There's a lot of different ways that it can be an issue. So I just like to refer to moving your body because that's what people do. All right. So those are my definitions. Now, why is it so hard for lawyers to keep healthful habits? And I guarantee you all just thought because I don't have enough time. That is not the problem. I promise. I promise. Your schedule and your workload are not the root problem. For one thing, the fact that you're so stressed about your workload constantly makes you actually less efficient than you could be, right? We talk about this a lot. Stress and anxiety decrease your efficiency and productivity. So if you're at the mercy of your brain, if you don't know how to manage your mind, you're wasting up to several hours a day just because you're slow and you're stressed. So to the extent that you literally don't have time in the day – a lot of that is due to the stress and anxiety you're creating for yourself. So one time, one way to find time for cooking or moving your body or getting massages or whatever else keeps your body happy is to deal with your stress and anxiety so you can manage your schedule better. That's something I work with people on all the time, obviously, optimizing their schedule and their workflow system and dealing with their work anxiety so they do actually have more time in the day to carve out. And that can help, but that is not the biggest challenge. So what is the biggest challenge? There's only one answer in this class ever, right? Any pop quiz I give you, there's only one answer. The answer is your brain. I don't know why I just said it like that. It's your brain. There are a few thought patterns that make it really hard for lawyers to keep healthy habits. So the first one, which is really more of like an umbrella problem, is that we tend to be all or nothing fingers, right? This goes right along with perfectionism. So perfectionism, all or nothing, you could also have heard it called black or white thinking. So let me like give you a scenario. Does this sound familiar? You tell yourself you're going to do something, like you're going to stop eating sugar, or you're going to pack your lunches ahead of time, or you're going to not eat carbs, or you're going to go to the gym every day. And then you quote unquote slip, and you eat the sugar, or buy lunch, or eat a bagel. And then... Your brain, your wonderful brain that has your best interest at heart says, well, fuck it. And you end up doing way more of the thing before you ever pull yourself back to quote unquote start over. So there's a couple of hallmarks of this kind of thinking. Here's how you can identify if you do this. Do you think about yourself as being on or off a wagon, right? Are you constantly on a diet or off it? Are you constantly on a healthy eating kick or off it? right? Do you think of yourself as being on or off? Being good or not being good? Being in control or being out of control? You see how those are extremes, right? I'm in control or I'm out of control. I'm doing great or I'm screwing up, right? Thinking about screwing up is actually a sign in of itself that if you miss a workout or you eat a cupcake that you've screwed up, that you've done something wrong right? That kind of thinking goes right along with the perfectionism and the black and white thinking. If you think a lot about quote-unquote starting over, right? That's classic black and white thinking. Like I was on the wagon, then I fell off the wagon, I screwed up, and now I need to start over. Especially when it comes to how you're treating your body in some way, whether it's eating or exercise, the idea of starting over is so damaging, right? Because It leads to this black and white, all or nothing, on or off thing, which is really hard on your body, right? To be like, we're going to the gym every day, body. Never mind, we're not moving, (laughs) right? I'm going to drastically vary what you eat because I'm always screwing up or doing great or starting over. And the idea of starting over is so interesting because you live in your body this whole time, (laughs) right? Your body is not – it's not like a sentence that you get halfway through and you're like, oh, I miswrote that. Let me erase and start over, You are living in your body all along the way. And so all the choices you make impact your body. And so the idea of starting over really comes from super perfectionist thinking that like you are acting on your body and you're going to like make it perfect. And if it's not perfect, then it's screwed up and you have to start over as though you could start from scratch of course you can't and you don't need to. You're in your body the whole time, right? Any choices you make, positive or negative, have an impact on your body over time. So if you find yourself thinking in this like, I screwed up, I was doing so well, I need to start over, that is a huge, huge sign that you are thinking in a perfectionistic, black and white, all or nothing way about your habits. And we're going to talk in a minute about why that shit doesn't work. (laughs) So screwing up, starting over, being on or off a wagon, the fuck it mentality, right? Like, oh, I ate a cupcake. Fuck it. I'm going to eat five more. They don't even taste good by the second one. They don't feel good by the fourth one. But I'm going to keep going because fuck it, right? That mentality. My teacher likes to say fuck it really means fuck you to yourself, right? Fuck it is saying fuck you to yourself fuck it, I screwed up my diet. I'm going to eat six cupcakes. That's really like a fuck you to yourself because eating six – I love cupcakes. I am not against cupcakes. One cupcake is delicious. Occasionally, even two is delicious. There's just no way with the way the human body works that the cupcake still really tastes good by the third cupcake or feels good in your body by the fifth cupcake. A similar thing is the last supper mentality, and this doesn't have to be with food, but that's when you're like, okay, I've screwed up. I'm going to start over tomorrow morning. This is my last night to eat cupcakes. And then you eat six cupcakes, right? You see what's consistent in all of this is this kind of I need to do things right. I need to do things perfectly. If I did not do them perfectly or stopped doing what I said I would do at any point, the whole thing is screwed. I'm going to sort of have to start over again. Nothing I did until now counts anymore. I have to start all over. And so fuck it, I'm going to do all the stuff before I start over. I'm going to eat all the things before I start over, smoke all the cigarettes, I'm going to drink all the wine, whatever it is, right? All those kinds of thinking make it basically impossible, right? It's impossible to do anything consistently when you think like that because the human version of consistent is not 100%. Machines can maybe be consistent 100% of the time. Human consistency is doing something like 80% of the time maybe 90 if you've been like coaching yourself for 10 years. So when you have unrealistic expectations of how you should be able to behave, you are never going to live up to them. And when you don't, you're going to say mean things to yourself and you're gonna decide you might as well do nothing and we're going to get all the way back into being on off the wagon, screwing up or starting over, saying fuck it, having the last supper mentality, right? And then eventually you will beat up on yourself enough to resolve to quote-unquote do better, and the whole cycle starts over again. So all-or-nothing thinking, magic thinking, black-and-white thinking, these make it very difficult to have consistent healthy habits because they require you to be perfect and no one is perfect. The best antidote to this is to make your mantra, every small thing counts, or what small choice can I make today that would feel good for my body? I really like the second option, which is what can I – what small thing can I do today that would feel good for my body? And the reason I really like that one is it gets at what's really important about this work. I don't really like every small thing counts as much because it's still sort of like counting, you know, like evaluating yourself and like you're trying to get to a goal, like you're trying to make yourself better. And in this context – I think what really matters is like what would feel good in my body. For women in particular, society teaches us to regard our bodies as objects. We're raised to think of our bodies as existing to please other people, particularly men. And so we're constantly evaluating how they look and how well they are doing their job of pleasing other people. But thinking of your body as an object creates alienation from it. Right. It has to because you're like observing it. You're looking at it as if you were from the outside. You stop experiencing living in it and you start to view it as an object to be shaped and controlled. And honestly, even some of the ways that these days, I mean, you know, like these days, it's sort of not cool to talk about dieting. Now we all talk about being healthy, but it's still kind of some of the same shit. Right. It still has this flavor of trying to impose this external control on our body and what the health aspect really has in common with the diet aspect is that it maintains the sort of moral sense to it, that like it's morally better to be healthy. It's morally better to eat a certain way. It's morally better to move a certain way. And that just makes it so easy for us to continue judging ourselves and guilting ourselves and evaluating ourselves and finding ourselves wanting. So this is where that social programming and conditioning that I talked about comes in. If in society, women are considered to have their primary or one of their primary sources of value be how they look, then you will inevitably, as a woman, if you are a woman listening to this, you will inevitably look at your body that way. How does my body look? That will be the first thing you think about when you think about your body. How does it look? But here's the thing, my loves. Your body is not an object. Your body is not a project. Your body is not a thing to be controlled. Your body is the animal that you live in. Most of us would never treat a pet the way we treat our bodies. We wouldn't yell at a pet because it was hungry or tell it that no one would ever love it if it gained a pound. We wouldn't starve it. We wouldn't force it through punishing workouts to make it match the ideal of a dog or cat we have in our mind. Right? I have a cat. I love my cat just because he exists. He doesn't have to look like the way I think a cat should look. I don't monitor his weight. He doesn't have to do anything to deserve being loved. I wouldn't withhold his food. I wouldn't withhold his water. I wouldn't chase him around the apartment so he burned calories, (laughs) right? That would seem so crazy and cruel. And yet we do that to ourselves all the time. We get so frustrated when our body isn't conforming to what we have planned for it. It's not looking the way we want it to look or it's not performing the way we want it to perform. So here's where this comes back to thought work. The whole reason we want our body to look a certain way or perform a certain way is that we think it will make us happy. We talk about this all the time on the podcast. The only reason humans do anything is because they want to feel a certain way. Or they want to stop feeling a certain way. So when you want to lose weight, it's because you want to feel a certain way, confident, happy, you think you'll feel that way if you do it, or you want to stop feeling a certain way, ashamed and self-loathing the way you're feeling now based on what you tell yourself about your weight. So your brain tells you, if you just lose 10 pounds, you can feel good about yourself. If you just run 10 miles, you can feel proud of yourself. But what have we learned on this podcast? External circumstances don't create our feelings. Your weight does not create your feelings. Your body shape does not create your feelings. Your fitness level does not create your feelings. And I can tell you this is 100% from my lived experience because when I was restricting my food and exercising like a crazy person and super focused on the number on the scale and how my body looked, I was much thinner than I am now. And I was fucking miserable. I was like a basket case. And now I am larger than I was then, and I feel amazing because the size of my body has nothing to do with how I feel. My thoughts about it are what matter. My thoughts create my feelings. I have way more confidence now at the size I am now than I ever did back then because I changed my thinking. If we have perfectionist brains, which most of us do, The idea that if you just get to a certain weight or reach a certain mileage on your run or whatever it is, we'll feel better, we'll feel good about ourselves, that shit is a lie. That is a lie your brain tells you. Your brain will always keep moving the goalpost. Just like when it comes to your career, we talked about this in the perfectionism episode. Your brain tells you if you just get this new job, you can feel good about yourself If you just get the bonus, you can feel good about yourself. If you just get good feedback, you can feel good about yourself. But it's never enough. That day never comes, right? I was the epitome of this too. If I get into a good law school, I can feel good about myself. Okay, I'll go to Harvard. If I get good grades, I can feel good about myself. Okay, I graduated with honors. Still didn't feel good. If I get a clerkship, I can feel good about myself. Okay, I got a federal court appellate clerkship, right? What everybody wants. Still didn't feel good about myself okay, if I can get the one reproductive rights fellowship in the whole country the year I'm leaving my clerkship, then I can feel good about myself. Got the fellowship, still didn't feel good about myself, (laughs) right? You noticing a pattern? If I get an academic fellowship, then I'll feel like I'm legitimate. Then I'll feel like my brain, you know, I'm smart enough. Got the academic fellowship. That didn't do it, right? Nothing did it until I changed my thinking. Just like Working out more or trying to lose more weight or cutting your calories or trying to tone your abs or whatever it is, it doesn't work. Right? It doesn't work until you change your thoughts. It doesn't matter if you reach your goal. Your brain is not going to let you feel good about yourself at that goal if you don't change how you're thinking on purpose. So, if you've ever wondered why you can believe in body positivity for like other people, but then you feel horrible if you gain five pounds, this is why. It's because your brain is using your body as one more area in which it promises you this false sense of security if you just get it right. If you're just perfect about what you eat, if you're just perfect about how you exercise, if you just look perfect, your brain says it will let you feel good. But manipulating your body does not improve your self-esteem. You have to change your thinking. You have to change how you think about your body. You have to change how you relate to your body. You have to change your ideas about why your body exists, what it's for, and how you should treat it. You have to learn to live inside your body as a home. It's a poem I love by Mary Oliver, and I'm going to read you the first few lines because I think about this all the time when I'm trying to connect again to my body. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Think about your body as a soft animal. How would you treat it? All right, my lovelies. So you've got the practical advice. Come up with a thought that helps you take small steps rather than all or nothing thinking. And then you've got the soul advice. Change how you see your relationship with your body. It's the soft animal that you live inside. So if this is something you want more help with, here's what I want you to do. This fall, I am launching a brand new program, and it's called Unfuck Your Brain, (laughs) which I'm obsessed with the title. (laughs) As you probably noticed, I cursed in this podcast a little bit more than usual. I'm I'm like on a roll. It's called Unfuck Your Brain, and it's a group coaching program, and it's going to teach high-achieving women how to overcome social programming and their problem thinking so they can get the lives they want. And we're going to cover four major areas, and one of those is your relationship to your body, as we talked about here, how to set and keep healthy habits, and how to love your body along the way. So we do both kinds of work, right? Changing your relationship and thinking about your body, but then also teaching you how you have to change your thoughts and your habits if you want to actually set and keep kind of healthy, consistent actions. So if you want to be kept in the loop about it, I have the perfect solution. I've set up a page on my site where you can download a daily checklist to keep track of what small daily things you are doing that feel good for your body. And it's going to include a list of ideas of what you can try. So like some things you can do that might feel good. If you download it, you'll also be put on the interest list for more info about the program when it launches. So you just go to www.thelawyerstresssolution.com forward slash body to sign up. And all that means is you'll get first dibs on the program. It's going to have a limited number of spots, and it's possible it'll fill up before it even officially launches. But if you sign up for the sneak peek list, you'll definitely get an opportunity to learn more about it before I fill the group. So again, it's www.thelawyerstresssolution.com forward slash body, and you can download a tracking sheet and ideas list for things to do for your body, and you'll also be added to the interest list, and you'll be getting more information about the program. All right. All my soft animals. Go forth and be kind to your body this week. If this episode really reached you, I want you to come check out the clutch because it will give you all the tools you need to learn how to start loving yourself and your body exactly the way it is. You will get an introductory self coaching course, which includes a deep dive into one of the most powerful tools I teach, the Thought Ladder, which is the exact tool I use to build my body confidence and go from hating my body to truly loving it. And then once you've learned how to coach yourself, you also get a whole bonus workbook on how to unfuck your body image, which teaches you a step-by-step process to shifting your thoughts about yourself no matter what they are now. Try to imagine what it would feel like to not spend so much time and mental energy thinking about your body and what's wrong with it and how it should look different and what you ate and how you worked out and vowing to start that new diet and exercise regimen tomorrow or Googling how much plastic surgery costs, all of those things we do when we're obsessed with hating the way we look. I want you to imagine a life where you don't even think about how you look that often and when you do, you feel positive about it. That is a possible reality for you to love the way that you look and to love your body and you can make it a reality with what I teach you in The Clutch. So go to unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash The Clutch or you can just text your email to 347-934-8861, and we will send a link straight to your phone to check out all the information. You truly can escape the prison of negative body image, and I hope that you will do this for yourself. I'll see you there.